tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to raw. Oh, I was gonna do it. Okay, oh, do it. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to raw. There we go. <laughs> Join me on the ones and twos. The man, the myth, the legend, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard, and not here uh, because he's being a good boy, helping his parents. Oh man, Xavier cool. Guerrero. Uh, you know him from We Don't Smoke the Same. Check that out on Rockfin, guys. Uh, today was a kind of interesting day. We were supposed to do a show earlier and our guest had some personal stuff happen to him that he's going through and we, uh, we're not going to say who it was and we're not going to say what happened, but, uh, you know, we send him love and when he is ready to come back on a show and discuss it, if he wants to, he's more welcome to, he doesn't have to. And that's all the information we want to put out. So, uh, we had to record this show a little later and, uh, Obviously, we got a wonderful guest. Maverick Matthews joined us, and we have a great conversation going. I just want to do something real quick. Please, uh, if you're in Dallas this weekend, come check us out. Tim Fall Hat Comedy Night. It, we are at Hyenas. It's an 8 p.m. stand-up comedy show, followed by Swarm Tank at 1030. And then uh, the next day, we're in OKC at the Bricktown Comedy Club, and we are uh, a 4 p.m. show. We have a very special 420 shirts, only available there. Those will be available uh, only at live shows. So if you're there, just go to samtriplee.com for all of my dates. And that's really all I want to do for an intro, man. Uh, it was a crazy day, and it was a rough day, uh, and we did a show. And I hope you enjoy it because it's a really great topic, right? Yeah, great topic. Great show today. Uh, check out New Broken Sims going to drop soon. Uh, check that out. You want to see it early? It's on Rockfin already. Well, it was about Count St. Germain. Can't, Count St. Germain, yeah. Yeah, what a great Great, the eternal great. man, apparently. Yeah, I mean, kind of crazy conversation. Uh, enjoy the show, and thank you for. I hope you enjoy it because uh, we really, we really enjoyed doing it, and it was under some crazy circumstances. So, and please enjoy the show. Okay, let's get into it. Super excited to have this guest. I mean, uh, this uh, returning champion. We talk all the time on the phone about just what's going on in our life. He, this guy doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. He is off the grid <laughs> like a mofo. Uh, please welcome to the show, our returning champion, Maverick Matthews. How are you, brother? Man, I'm doing amazing, Sam, Johnny. Thank you for uh, having me back on. No problem. Uh, Hello. You're doing us a giant favor, so thank you so much. A lot has changed since your last appearance. You've relocated. You're off the grid. You know, you're just self-sufficient. What is going on with you? Well, you know, up here they call us California refugees. And, uh, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> 
I got to be honest with you. No one is thrilled to see that license plate. So people, we try to get rid of them as quick as we can. And obviously I've tried to assimilate, you know, I got the, sometimes I can wear a hat backwards, take these off. Yeah. <laughs> talk Southern, talk Southern. I'm in way far Northern Idaho, you know? Um, and I don't mean to disparage any of anybody by making those jokes. No, it's, please you know, go off on California. But, they totally deserve it. We totally. <sighs> Unfortunately, some folks came up here with a, a lot of money and, you know, it takes one knucklehead in any group. I mean, whether it's cops or Californians. Yeah. So I'm up here off grid building well, I, something. Did some guy try to come in and just buy up the town? Be like, I'm running this thing now. It's like they've had a few experiences where, like, the, the one major music venue came in and, like, tested some software, sold the software for big money and bailed, you know? And, they, and then he doesn't open the music venue for the town. It just sits there. Weird, like, little instances like that where, where city folk with money come in and experiment on them and then bail, <laughs> oh, you know? That sounds weird, and it sounds like the history Classic, of, though. like, yeah. class warfare, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like that is it. And I understand it. You know, we look around at like where I'd like to move and I never really thought about getting new license plates to move into somewhere and how people are like, man, don't bring your politics here. And I'm like, I won't trust me. I'll make you a deal. <laughs> Wherever I move to, I will not vote for a long time. How about that one? If I move then I promise not to vote, I'm not really voting here either. So I, 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 I never thought about that, and it totally makes sense to me. I mean, Texas is begging California not to move there anymore. Like, please don't move. It's revenge for them sending all their homeless here, though. They've been, you know, Houston for years was stacking them in greyhounds and sending them out this way. 100 and New now Orleans. Now we're sending you our yuppies, so yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, and then you, had, <laughs> then you just had Gavin Newsom be like, send us your homeless. You're like, this is why you're getting recalled. No, you yeah. live in a bubble. Do that, not do that. No. Yeah. Some uh, politician like just got mugged in San Francisco. Oh, really? Feinstein or something like that. Like on that level. Oh, interesting. Okay. Hold on. Someone came up and sold her phone. You're like, you know, people want that phone bad, dude. That phone. They got to be panicking. Uh, oh, Barbara it's Boxer. Wow. Oh, Barbara, Barbara Boxer. Boxer. Yeah. No shit. Got mugged, huh? Yeah. Mug mugged on the street. And wow. She, she, <laughs> like, is it crazy? Like, don't you think she'd be walking around with security? And she, 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 she hits out right after that. She hit out at Trump for claiming defunding the police led to crime. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Yeah. And she was in Oakland. Yeah. I mean, who walks around Oakland by themselves? Anybody? 80 year old woman walking <laughs> around Oakland by herself. So crazy. So, you know, we've done some great shows. Uh, and you know, Maverick is always nice enough to tell me when he thinks we got a banger and, uh, he's had a couple that he's really liked and he's like, you know, I have a, I have a topic I'd like to talk about and it's, uh, it's the Count St. Germain and I'm interested in hearing this man. So where do you want to start brother? Okay. Well, it, I mean the easiest hook to throw in here, it kind of matches my like weird Creepy. Hold on, before you start, I'm sorry. Job. Where can they find you up front? Where can they find you in case they love you all over again? <laughs> I have to say this: the, every time I've been on here, we have, we, you know, we 
we haven't got to as much meat. We've done a lot of potatoes, so I'm excited to get down into this. Well, we're going to do some meat the today. The has always been incredible to me and super cool reaching out. So much love. If you do want to find me, I'm at maverickmatthews.com. I'm up here in North Idaho as a refugee of Hollywood, <laughs> you know. And uh, <laughs> so feel free to check it out. I, I'm doing the Hunter Thompson thing, you know. I'm not trying to be him, but he, the guy was on to something. And I'm up here trying to get weird and explore the nature of our reality, but at the same time raise a family and stay balanced and connect. And so Respect. don't be surprised if you see some weird content there. And a lot of it, my podcast specifically, uh, Pepper for Your Steak, it's for adults, uh-huh. you know, 25 and older. So that's a quick bio. I love that age demographic, yeah, yeah, too. Do, do you think if they did that in porn, they would destroy the porn industry? Oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, the people... Sixteen-year-olds have been ignoring the sixteen-year-old boys. It's have a been ignoring. So how about internet, the models? You know? If they only went twenty-four. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. That definitely that would, would do yeah. some damage for right? sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that their their thing on you know when you click on the website, it's like, are you eighteen or older? Like, Who yeah. like is anybody ever click no? Yeah, like, oh, yeah I, I want to get out of it. Damn. <laughs> It's like when you go to the mall, I mean, the airport, they're like, have you ever had any explosives? You're like, oh, uh, n- no. I mean, like, this is the easiest like thing to get through. Anyways, uh, so let's get into this. The County St. Germain. Let, where do we start? Okay, so it's okay. He's, he's a timely character. Uh, I choose those words carefully and <laughs> intentionally. He's one of the only people to have interacted with a lot of the aristocracy of Europe uh, personally, so much so that they recorded the, uh, him in their journals. Uh, he is recorded in history. We have pieces of music that he wrote. The only strange thing is his timeline extends more than 150 years. What? Uh, and those are only the main sources. If you if you look at characters who showed up that were almost identical to him, and then even up to as recent as 1983, people claiming to be him, it's very hard to know what is real and what's not. So we kind of have to start with uh, what sort of sources are we going to admit? And so the primary sources I'm using here are uh, how do we build history? You know, we 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 read history books and we most of that history books, that knowledge comes from people's journals, people's diaries, what people said. It's actually pretty dying flimsy. I'm practicing my Idaho. I like it. I just think like the art of diarying is like, is it blogging now? Is that oh, what we yeah. do? It's gone. Yeah. Journal, it's gone. Like dear yeah. diary. Today, yeah, well, nobody has any private thoughts now. That's the problem. That's true. It's all just vomited on the internet. Yeah. That's true, man. That is a lost art. I have an idea. I bet everybody in the world would want to know about it. Let me just send it out. And it's so like addictive. I'm trying so hard to get off it again, again, and I can't. Drugs was easier to stop than, <laughs> than social media, right? By the way, I have to lean back now because the guy says my slumped shoulders means I have ovaries. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so go on, dude. So let's get into So this guy, how long is it possible that you think this guy might have been alive? It's, well, okay, so let's talk about what came out of his own mouth. And then we'll talk about some of the people that knew him the closest. He was around uh, the French aristocracy right before the French Revolution. So we're talking about the 1700s. Um, and then he was 
seen with people in the early 1800s. The best and, and most relied upon sources are the people who are like the most famous people in our history books. It's the king of France, you know, and his, his mistress and uh, Casanova, uh, you know, the famous lover uh, from Venice. And, the, you know, all these characters that we read about through history, they all knew this weird dude who was like hanging around. He seemed to have a lot of money. Nobody knew where he came from. He always dressed the same. He never ate meals in front of anyone. He was the supposed son of the last prince of Transylvania. Uh Hey, now. So now things get interesting. (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy, dude. I'm listening. Yeah, man. It goes goes, goes exception layers deep. So interesting. So this guy... Is of uh, uh, anything out, coming out of Transylvania? I feel like yeah. I feel like Transylvania is Europe's version of Waco, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. When, when I remember seeing uh, like uh, an, I think like the CIA an, would be more accurate. Well, like I, I well, there it's very interesting. Ro- Romania, all that stuff, right? Well, it's like I remember seeing that like strange things happening in Waco. I'm like, it's Waco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not normal. Don't you Nothing think Waco normal is just a repeat of Manson. Yeah, like, let's just make sure these people know not to start communes. Let's make sure they don't do it. We yeah. want them to think they're, you know, them to think that those people are crazy. Yeah. But Transylvania like, is definitely yeah, weird shit. Let's burn children alive to prove a point. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. That, that was just murder. But listen yeah. to the. Don't even get me started, <laughs> yeah. dude. Uh, I'm like yeah. all that. I could go off on a. T- I mean, uh, I'm going home to see my uh, see uh, friends and family, and they're always like, "Me, should you travel?" Oh God, should you travel? Did you stop? I never stopped traveling, I, yeah. and it was it was. Dude, I was doing like w- w- they called them suicide tours. It was great to travel during. That. <laughs> I loved. It. Uh, yeah, there's no you. Grow right in, bomb into the oh, airport. Okay, I can sure. hear people going, stay yeah, so. on point here. <laughs> yeah, we, we, he just dropped this fascinating uh, entree to, to this story, and, yeah. and we're talking yeah. about airports. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. It's so, so funny because I was thinking, like, I didn't stop traveling either. That's My family and I were RVing around looking for where we were going to move. Oh, and I, cool. Idaho wasn't even on my list. I, I didn't even know about the place. And don't come here. It's horrible. People are mean. <laughs> food's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and there's no more property left. Would Sorry. you say the Idaho is a Transylvania? Places to live. A lot of missing children. Let's just say that. Yeah. Can I tell you something crazy? I'm from Hawaii originally, and I had always heard, and I've never done the background on this, but I had always heard people say Hawaii has the lowest murder rate in the country. It has the highest missing persons rate. Interesting. It's because it's surrounded by a giant ocean. Oh, yeah. yeah, I could hear that. Okay, let's get back into it. People are Jesus lose Christ, this stuff. is a fucking. If you wandered into the academia of this episode, I'm glad. Oh, yeah. You know this. This is the purpose of my podcast. And I think it's synchronous with this one. It is to interrupt rote thinking. You just want to get there and get into the zone, like zone out. Like, yeah, give me the info. Yeah. Like, nah, man. We're we're having a. No, there's so many podcasts you can listen to just the straight uh, info. Yeah, and this they're wonderful. Let's stretch it out. They're wonderful. This show is like, <laughs> we go where we go. And I want to hear about some dude that could be like 400 years old. Yes, please. Wait till we get to the dude in the 80s. Okay, here okay. we go. Ooh. Let's start. Where do you want to start? Let's go into, uh, like, okay, so he's a aristocrat of and noble birth, right? 
Yeah, this is a great place. Hold on. Let me, let me interject here real quick. I'm going to do some Dan Carlin type stuff here. Okay. Uh, if you follow uh, Hardcore History, history podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's do some Dan Carlin stuff. Let's imagine Europe in, let's say, the 1700s when he's most cited. And we actually have music that is in the British Museum that he wrote. Okay, because he was a master of so many things. Oh, there's so much. Okay, so why do we think he lived so long? There's all these different components of evidence. He spoke many languages. He was a master of the violin. He was a master of the harp. He wrote concertos for both both of those things. He contributed. I'm like getting tongue tied. He contributed arias to operas. Uh, he 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 wrote all this incredible body of music. We actually have some of it. Okay, so there's a certain component of his life which is absolutely undeniable. He's definitely existed. There is evidence of an existence at a certain time period. That's what you're saying. You can get on YouTube right now, and, and there will be uh, quartets playing these little violin concertos. And you can hear the music that this guy wrote. Now, with William Shakespeare, there is this thought that it could be multiple people that wrote those things, right? Is there any thought that maybe this guy could have been a group of people? That's a great question. That's I why subscribe I asked to the theory that Francis Bacon uh, was actually Shakespeare or, or that they were the same person. And that's a whole nother podcast. That's, but that's a whole uh, podcast. <laughs> it is absolutely possible. And for sure, people found out about this guy and then mimicked him later. But um the people who knew him in the aristocracy in the period from around 1710 to 1820, where they, they said he showed up at around age 50 and he never aged the entire time he was with them in 1820, you know, at the end of the 1700s when he was president, I'm drawing a blank on the exact date, but like when the French revolution happened and Marie Antoinette was beheaded in front of the crowd, supposedly he was there watching. And that, and that comes from the first person testimony of like royalty of the time. So, and these people knew him, but they were just like, yeah, he hangs around. We don't know how rich he is. He, he's always wearing diamonds. And one of the things we're going to talk about is where his wealth came from. He, all, he only flaunted one thing and it was diamonds. And it was because he openly claimed that he had learned in India how to take small diamonds and melt them into large ones and clarify them and take flaws out of diamonds. This guy uh, is like Paul Bunyan, right? I'm just like he did that yeah. feat for King Louis the Fifteenth. I mean, what? this is pretty well accepted history. You know, it's just like, was it magic? Was he a charlatan? Was he a con man? Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, TebowBodywear.com. That's Tebow Underwear. That's right. Go to TebowBodywear.com. Use the promo code TINFOIL, okay? Their underwear is awesome. I have it on right now. That's how much I love it. Okay, their underwear was developed and tested by 400,000 men. Okay, Tebow Underwear is developed by a community of customers to improve previous versions and develop new versions that are through their online platform okay t-ball underwear is extremely soft and trust me it is comfortable well cut for the most flattering look yeah man your junk is gonna look power huge and we could all use that here my proud six inches never look better this is because so many customers gave their opinion to make them better than ever okay t-ball on Tebow is a leader in community-led production of their men's underwear, and they're leading the movement to have this as the future of all 
clothing production, okay? Tebow is pronounced Tebow, just like Jason Tebow, okay? If you love Jason Tebow, you're going to love this underwear, okay? Tebow underwear offers a superior cut bamboo material that is softer and more durable than your average underwear. Uh, additionally, a cool fact, bamboo uses 20 times less water and fiber, which makes it contributes to sustaining the environment, okay? Dude, a lot of great stuff. So here's what Tebow's offering, okay? Get 20% off your next purchase at tebowbodywear.com. That's tebowbodywear.com and use the promo code TIN. Foil. Okay, that's T-B-O, T-B-O, bodywear.com, promo code TINFOIL. Well, how much I mean, of these holy men back in the day were just great magicians? Right? They're another like, excellent question. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. Right? How sure. many John were D? like, yeah, dude, how many were like, look at what I can do. Uh, oh, did I, where'd this corner come from your ear? And people well, like, and some of it was even technology too, magnets, you know, and stuff like that. We, yeah, you know, there's that, there's that old, that. there's that, that phrase that any technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. Oh, I get what you're saying. And to people who have little knowledge of, which is most people who weren't educated back then, you come in with some magnets under a table and you can blow some minds. You know what I'm First saying? time you airdrop something where you're like, what the? <laughs> How does that happen? Yeah, exactly. That's it, man. Right? Yeah. So this guy. Like Pepper's Ghost. You familiar with that? You, so you can line some mirrors up in a way that somebody is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their image is reflected on the mirror and then onto a panel of glass. And it looks like there's a ghost in the room just standing in this in this glass kind of there. You know, it's this ghostly image. And they used to use that. And magicians would use that to, or or charlatans too. People trying to convince that other people that they could summon spirits would use that uh, to uh, to trick people. I wonder if that's what happened to me in the comedy store when I saw that blade of white light. Well, I can show you what a Pepper's Ghost would look like here. Just a second. Uh... Okay, Sam. Yeah, when you sorry. experienced that in the comedy store, right uh, downstairs, is that what it was? No. Well, there. When Abby Martin was there, there are supposedly uh, orbs. Johnny thinks orbs are just dust particles, which is definitely possible. But well, I, I know they are because I, when we had those flies in here the other week, people were all like, there's so many orbs on this. And I knew it was those damn fruit flies that were in this room. Johnny, now everyone thinks we have a pig side for a, a student. No, I, I replied in the comments. <laughs> it was that somebody, I won't say a name, uh, left a salad in the trash. Xavier Guerrero. Uh, see, that's an example of a Pepper's Ghost illusion right there. Oh, really? It's just a, 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 yeah, it's an image. I think that I'm actually not sure where that is. Uh, okay, they John. use it a lot. I was I thought it was at Disneyland because they use I'm it a sorry. lot at Disneyland, but I don't think that is. Okay, that's fine. I've, okay, so the technique you're talking about is you're absolutely right. They used to use it on that haunted mansion ride. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and you you look into this room and you're like, what the fuck is is am I seeing? Pardon my language. Yeah. Uh, am I seeing here? Uh, this thing is like right in front of me, but it's not. That's it. And you're absolutely, this is a great tangent to get on. And, you know, people are, all, you know, let them to be the people. We love them. Uh, Forgive us for tangentizing or whatever uh, that, <laughs> that word is. This is the biggest question we have to ask ourselves about most of humanity. Like, what is real? What is real? I totally agree with that. It's getting more complicated, too. Well, now it's getting flooded. Like, what you're seeing right now in terms of, like, 
what is going on with the world with this situation with this this virus is literally a, a, a avalanche of information from both sides so nobody knows what's going on and i think that's why everybody is just wound so tightly they can't figure out what's going on so it's and we've done we just did an episode with a young man who said all history is fake who knows what's real (laughs) and you would say that's probably intentional right this overwhelming uh avalanche of info i mean so jay dyer said something about that which was you know in 1984 the constant contradictions coming through the news Mm. which is portrayed as incompetent leadership was actually done purposefully for psychological damage Right. Along with the reframing of language and the simplification of everything, double plus good instead yeah, of yeah. that's amazing. It's it's a it's a homogenization of all of our experiences into a lane of of allowed experience. And uh, and what's really crazy is all you have to do is get off of your phone and internet, and it all goes away. That's it. Right, you turn really just, that, turn that old Hicks joke, man. You just stick your head out. You're watching CNN, and it's blood yeah. and guts, and then you pop your head out the door, and it's crickets. And I it's mean, addictive. Is... The blood and guts is addictive because it gives you a reason to wake up in the morning. It absolutely is, man. And and what you have is, I know this firsthand. You have new. It started with newspapers, but now it's come out. It, it's it's worked its way to network now. Uh, you had these struggling publications that are losing ground to the internet and they see the numbers. They have all the analytics and they know that crime sells. And so what are they serving more of? You know, they have a choice. They can either do the responsible thing and continue to be watchdogs and do investigative journalism and be honest with the fair dealers, or they can just sensationalize everything and throw, you know, as much crime as possible out there and scare the shit out of grandma. Yes. Yes. I mean, my grandma, her last year's dude was just, Fear. I mean, yeah, full of fear. And I, I and, and you know what? Grandma was obviously a woman, right? As far as we know. Yeah. It's, Grandma was a woman. And, it's a miracle if she wasn't. And they are addicted to that fear. Like women love that. Like, cause women are always like they're it's so weird. They're so adverse to risk, but they love to live in fear. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, yeah, I know exactly. It's, 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 there wouldn't be a crime podcast it's more in the present in the nature of their reality because they don't have a tendency to physically dominate it as much as we do. And that just comes from a guy who was raised by a woman. My dad wasn't present, right? And I, I definitely had a lot of a lot more effeminate qualities, but I was also smaller. And then you start to realize, wow, you know, there's a tendency for men to physically dominate their environment. And if you're not taught how to do that, you you lose. And, and do you think, because uh, I was just having a conversation, who was I talking to? And they brought up a wonderful, and maybe it was you, Maverick, I don't know, but someone's talking about how women will eventually be running everything. Because they are analytical. They already are. They just have chosen to, I mean, like, the nurturer should run things. Uh, we represent the domination force in the, in in my opinion. It's just Maverick talking, you know, just speaking for myself. But, but the way that I've decided to internalize this whole thing, uh, everything's pretty obvious. You know, I have an outdoor school, which occasionally convenes. And if anyone's interested in that, feel free to reach out. But 
it only convenes now for people who want the knowledge. I don't go and seek out people, you know, to be like, Hey, I'm going to advertise to you. I've adopted this new Ronin doctrine, probably largely thanks to you, Sam, where it's like, I don't go searching for people who want the info. They have to come seeking it. And that's, if you, if if you look into esoteric history, that's how all the schools have operated. Masons don't really recruit people. You know, they, they handpick them or they attraction, not promotion. Yeah, exactly. And I forgot what I was going with this, but well, no, um, but but when we go back to, you know, it's women in society. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, who runs the home? Who runs the home? I don't care if you run a if you're a CEO of a company and you come back to your house, you are at best vice president. (laughs) You're best vice president. Happy wife, happy life. It's so interesting, though, because all these things, CEO, judge, cop, they're all roles we're playing. You know, the Greeks love this. They love to think of the world as a stage, you know, all that stuff that whoever was Shakespeare wrote. He, he stole it from the Greeks because they talked about this a lot. And they used to think of theater not just as uh, like something you would watch. They thought of it as like a, a clinic for your mind. This was an education for your mind so that you could experience a tragedy and not have to live a tragedy. You could still get the same emotional perspective from watching a tragedy. You know, all of Hollywood knows about this now. And that's why that's one of the hugest, most. Wow, what a great it's, it's, point. Of, what a great point. It's an exceptional po- you know, mechanism of control. So, like, if you if you bring it back to the home from the moment, you know, and I only have this perspective after just having children and Sam, I know you can identify with that. Like it is radically re-identifying in terms of your station in life, because you're, if you're going to be a good father, you're, you know, in my opinion that you have to not just make certain sacrifices. It it has to be the very first thing you think of every time, you know, Uh, you're, you're turning your life essentially into his in this weird, uh, like contributing morphing painful experience where you're giving up parts of your life that you never wanted to give up. But like, Oh, I guess I'm not going to have that anymore, but it's like, that's what it takes to be dad and do these things. Right, dude. It is a giant sacrifice that depending on what part time of your life is, uh, you're more willing to do it. Right. Now imagine that you grow an alien organism inside you. Yeah. (laughs) I get that. I mean, a deepest respect out of what I'm, I'm talking about. I get that totally. And it's just, it's just totally makes sense that eventually, and the internet has helped women kind of come together. And some wonderful things have happened. The perspective of females has, has been taken into account now. I mean, you ever go watch like old comedies? Like the way women old are anything, portrayed- almost. And those are like ditzy, titted finbots almost, right? Like their their role in stuff was so limited. And now if you did any of that, you would look so dumb. Like I have a thing called Master Tits Theater, and it's so funny, <laughs> but it's so barbaric. What is that? It's the it's this director, I got this director did something where these girls would go topless and they would basically recreate scenes from famous movies <laughs> and their boobs are like the googly eyes what? and it was so funny it was so but don't you understand the urge that men, that men have to get to like have that feminine worship to understand that to see that to be exposed to that in the media and why 
it's I don't think there's a, I don't think it's unnatural and I don't think it's hideous and I don't think it's uh, demeaning until the rubber hits the road and you're hiring actors and you're like, Hey, you're going to come here and do cameras. Like, all when, like ideas are relatively pure in a lot of ways. And then when they become something in the material world through Hollywood, a lot of weird perversion happens, but like there's nothing wrong with appreciating the female form and mother deity worship has been something, you know, for thousands of years. Guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Blue Chew, American boner pills for American men, for American ladies, or foreign chicks, or dudes too. Anything you want to drop some hard D on, Blue Chew is for you, <laughs> right? Come on, man. Enough of the games. Enough of going to gas stations or going to to to, to adult bookstores or, or pharmacists to get yourself. Enough of it. Stop messing around. Go to bluechew.com and get it done, okay? It's the best of the best. It's the, you're, you're a man. You deserve to drop all the hammer in the world, and you should be wondering if you can get it up or not, okay? If you need a hard, hard, hard rock hard D, Blue Chew is for you, okay? Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, Okay. Anytime, anywhere, any place, dude. Anytime. Look at this guy. Anywhere. You think he's got soft D? Dude, no that way. guy's dropping hammer of the gods on these ladies, okay? No That's what he does. I think it's right? his Count St. Germain, That's actually. That's how it is, dude. Fast, easy, enhances your performance. You want to be a god in the bedroom? Blue Chew's how you doing, okay? Blue Chew's prescribed by online licensed physicians, okay? So you don't have to go to a stupid doctor and have some person question whether you can get boners or not. No more of that. Uh, no more off office waits, no more doctor's office waits, no more waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's shipped right to your door in a discreet package, okay? Made in the USA! Okay, you love the Olympics? You want to bone your lady while you're watching the Olympics? There's nothing more American than boning to the Olympics, okay? As we win gold, you win gold, and your lady goes, oh my God, you own it. Thank you, Blue Chew. So right now, this is all you got to do, dude. You gotta, right now, we got a special deal, okay? Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free and use the promo code TINFOIL and just pay $5 shipping. That Again, that is blu EQ.com promo code Timfoil to to try for free. Okay. Blue choose better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Holla at your boy. Sophia is is known within all the esoteric mystery schools as knowledge, wisdom. You know? No, and, and you know that's so interesting it. because you know, women get a lot of crap because because they love taking pictures of themselves so much, right? But when you when you see a beautiful woman, uh, you see like Instagram is just chicks pictures of themselves. But there's a reason for that because they're so beautiful, right? I mean, it's it's it's, it's almost like the art. human urge for self validation is you know, yeah. But but sexless. I think it's different. I just like I I saw this girl. She posted a picture and it was such a beautiful picture of her. And I was like, oh, that's such a great picture. And I thought, why would anyone get mad at that? Be, you know, I, I guess. No, I'm glad. Can you imagine if they just went all went private on Instagram? I, I, what would I do all right. day? <laughs> like, you know, they, we look at it like it's there's some vainness to it. But it's like, there should be some vain. I mean, like, you're taking pictures. Document it while you got it. You know what I mean? Get and it that, on the record. That is it. Because it's going. 
Well, it goes for it goes for everybody, and this transitions perfectly back because, like, what if you could live forever? And one of the things I don't mean to like do this. Expert. No, it's segment, great. But, but it's great. Watch this. It's great. What What if you could live forever? And you had to wrestle your whole life with the fact that people around you were going to fall apart. No, that's and you crazy. Wanted to, like not play into that as materialist, but because you were supposedly elevated or like a person who was here to seed philosophy into society. But at the same time, everyone around you was fucking melting. And, <laughs> and you're just like, uh, I think I'll play head games with you. One of the things that I noticed through the, through the paradigm of the count is that he's not like this divine perfect person. He gets arrested. He makes mistakes. He make he pisses people off. He tried to talk the French aristocracy into abandoning their uh, current approach to the populace so that they wouldn't have the French Revolution and like storm the Bastille and all that shit. He was at the same time involved with the Masons who were planning it, but he still tried to like warn them. So this guy was all over the map. And, and that's the human condition. We're all over the map, right? And so are women. I have and thought about that, about living forever and having a, to it's say. It's got to be a burden. Like, like I, I think I know Johnny's answer, but I'm going to ask you, Maverick. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be the last one alive of all the people Ugh. you came up, grow, grew old with, or you grew up with? Do you want to be the last one alive? I don't think so. No, no, I don't think, uh, you know, as somebody who's lost most of his family at kind of like an early age. Um, and I know a lot of people like, for example, my partner, her entire family's still alive. It's like the opposite. And it just reminds you like, wow, like this is very fleeting. You have to, uh, it is very fleeting. It is really fleeting. And, but the, but the thing is you can't teach people that lesson. They have to feel it in this experience and learn it the hard way. Uh, and then they learn some kind of appreciation for how fleeting it is, but you can only learn it through experience for some reason. Or maybe theater a little bit. You can learn loss. Yeah, if you I guess. could live forever, that would... I, I, so basically the only well, thing... you saw Highlander. You guys know Highlander, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would... And, uh, the, Queen song. I love that song. <laughs> yeah, the cheesy campness of that movie ruins the, the, the deep thought about this component. But they wrestle with it the whole time because he falls in love with a chick and she gets old and looks gross and, and dies. And you're like, uh, okay, so let's move to vampires. What if you stopped giving a fuck and you're like, now I eat them? You just don't get. You have to do one thing: not get sentenced to life in prison. That's like the only thing that you can't do. Oh, that would be the right. worst. Because right? then you're. But just, what if you could, and then you could just wait it out until people were like, "Hey, why are you here again?" Because everyone's <laughs> dead who knew anything about you, and you're like, "Uh, yeah, that, yeah." There's no reason. I think you would just uh. You're immortal, right? So you'd probably just kill people to get out. Well, you know, it's like Groundhog's Day. It's like. If the same things happen over and over again, <laughs> you have the answers yeah. to everything. So you could just move somewhere and just know how humans are going to operate. But the curse of like, you could not stay. If you don't age, at about 10 years, people are going to be like, <laughs> dude, you look exactly like you did when I met you. And I'm decaying at a giant rate. Who's your Who, who does your work? Yeah, right? I, I think it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, it's just because I'm I'm at an age right now where it's like fifth, almost like two years I'll be fifty, right? Which is a crazy idea to me, and I'm hurling towards it. Like I I'm I'm trying to grab anything to stop it. I'll give you a tip that I read. Just interject. They I read that if you can introduce as much novelty as possible into your life, 
it will slow down the sensation of the passage of time of to you. One hundred percent. When you get in the same yeah. kind of rut every day, they, that's why they say time passes so slowly. Relatively speaking, when you're a kid, is because everything mm. is the first time. And well, I mean, a day when you're six months old, yeah, it's a larger, so much more of your life. part of yeah. your life. Yeah, it's a big part of your life. But you know, this guy is like, man, he's kind of like Forrest Gump, huh? Like some time yeah, traveling yeah, Forrest up, like, Gump, where he's just in the not, middle of all these. It's not a bad different- analogy. I mean, he shows up in certain. So okay, so this is what's interesting. And it's not even necessary for us to break down his exact timeline. People should go research it and find it out for themselves because, like, this is where you get the knowledge on things. If you want the true knowledge on something, go dig it. And, and I just fall in love with these weirdos in history, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to study Pythagoras. Um, this dude doesn't make sense. We should be doing that, in my opinion, with our whole life everywhere. You know, fall into things, explore them. And so, like, if you look into this guy, you find out that people kind of understand, like, what he's about. And then they look for that like pattern in a person in different times in history. And they're like, oh, yeah, what about this dude? And around 1902, who showed up in New Orleans named Jacques St. Germain and his very first introduction to the New Orleans elite was to throw a huge party. And everybody came and they saw him watching all the elite and aristocrats and politicians of New Orleans there around 1902. At this dude, this dude bought a house at the corner of like uh, uh, Ulysses and uh, Royale, and he threw this elaborate party. He was walking around with a wine glass all night. No one ever saw him eat. He has all the other distinguishing characteristics of the count, or he's extremely wealthy. He calls himself Saint Germain. Everything. No one ever sees him eat, and then the police find out about this guy a couple days later because he started dating this woman. And now the events that happened in the room with this guy, nobody knows. But she chose to jump off a second story balcony to get away from him with a neck wound and break her legs rather than be in the room with him. Oh, come on. And she ran to the cops. And what so this saying? is true. This is the true part. These are the true parts that aren't very disputed. So the cops go to him and they're like, hey, uh, we need to talk to you tomorrow morning. At the, at the police station or wherever cops do their work. I you know? love that. Come and in tomorrow. He doesn't show up. Surprise. <laughs> okay. And so he leaves town and they investigate his house and they find these bottles of wine and they investigate it. And, you know, they don't, I don't know what kind of crime labs they have in 1902, but the stories say that it was, it wasn't just wine. It was blood mixed with wine. Uh, and so this character, like, where does he fit into the narrative? Did he just to choose that name because he was a uber smart aristocrat and was having fun and playing games? Or is there a physical I description? Mean, I'm sorry, I missed that. Is is, is he physically great question, set to Johnny? Be similar, yes. Johnny. I asked He's... the great questions here. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> the historical physical description of this guy is um, of it's it's so generic. Of medium build, dark complexion. Um, no facial hair uh, in most of the descriptions uh, relatively medium length hair dark very well kept he always dressed in dark clothing two uh, words for you right now are you ready for me to blow your mind Tom <laughs> Cruise Uh-oh. 
I mean, think about. He even look played at, it in in film. I mean, he's look played at Dracula. Tom Cruise. I mean, like, do you think maybe he was drawn to that role? I mean, yeah, think about be. this. Have you seen Tom Cruise? He <laughs> with the kid that he was in the movie with. Yeah, yeah, or with Kelly McGillis from Top Gun, dude. <laughs> or dude, the kid was a kid in the movie. Now looks Jerry older McGuire, than yeah. time. Tom Cruise. Amazing. Well, he, Tom Cruise is also releasing Top Gun right now. Maverick. Yeah. Where I don't know the like the age uh, that's supposed to have elapsed in the timeline, but I guarantee it's been fudged a little bit. Yeah, it would have to be. <laughs> and they had this conceit where he's somehow still a captain because he's just been so naughty. You know, he's not getting promoted. <laughs> yeah, he gets to just fucking take a two-minute plane out whenever he feels handy. They had I to mean, do that with William Shatner, Captain Kirk, you know, because it's not it's no fun to watch Captain Kirk as an oh, admiral God, doing, like, dude, desk just, paperwork and stuff. And so they just, he kept getting in trouble, you know, and getting game. demoted to captain. <laughs> but Tom Cruise Bro, is, is like a weird segment. thing, dude. There's a... There's an incredible documentary about the Count of St. Germain. So I went through all the media and everything just before I did this to be like, what are people going to find when they go search this shit out? Uh, one of the best things you'll find is a documentary uh, narrated by Leonard Nimoy, which uh, about 15 minutes in immediately degenerates into a, a woman in San Diego trying to run a cult channeling the Count. What? <laughs> Got to see that. Add that to my there is so much it's it's this is one of those things where you're like there's so much smoke what's the fire do we do we really and no one actually gets down to the fire you know and uh it's there man all the documents are there <laughs> who the fuck was this guy and you know what's so weird dude you know who he looks like Wisep, the guy who oh, uh, great is like the guy who started the illuminati well, coincidentally, Whoa, he was in the German that? aristocracy in 1776. What a coincidence. He was actually there. That's well documented. Uh, he actually was around a lot of famous events. There's also a character who shows up in the same year of 1776 that was present at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And if you go read any of the first-person accounts... Um, also of the formation of the Great Seal when Jefferson was trying to figure out what to do. This mysterious character like shows up at these meetings. Nobody knows who he is except Washington and Jefferson. I do. And he makes suggestions, and all of his suggestions are followed. Okay, and, and oh, that's leaves. interesting. And people are like, "Who's this guy?" Hold on, dude. Have you seen is, this guy? What, this yeah. post in from on Facebook to search for Day Saint Germain and how. <laughs> This, I, okay, so I don't want to jump it, but they think this guy was around in 1970. Oh yeah, he mentioned. Oh, yeah. yeah, he mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like he that. was a yeah. French guy who showed up, started, started calling himself a descendant of the Count of Saint Germain. Did a bunch of TV shows where he turns lead into gold. I sent you one of these, Sam. I texted it to you, and I'm like, Jesus, you're not going to believe this. He, on camera, has a crucible and some kind of like pouch with a magical powder. And he dips this piece of lead into it, and there are chemists present. And so, like, if you read the Wikipedia of this guy, which is hard to find, and mostly in French, he did this multiple times in front of chemists and scientists, and they're like, yeah, we don't know how he's doing this. He's turning that's it into So gold. interesting. What? <laughs> yeah. And that's, I guess you would have <laughs> to disappear, right? The best part right? about it is that guy disappears by apparent suicide 10 years later. That's what you have to do. 
Yeah, and there's and no evidence whatsoever. Like you 30 years later, somewhere else. yeah, and say you're the descendant of that person again because you, you have I to think go this away. Guy, for it's while. possible he lives forever, and he just—I mean, listen. One of the narratives that I'm obsessed with is the idea that there were a lot of different kind of human beings before the Great Reckoning of religions, where it's like no sharp teeth, no long hair, no giants, no dwarfs. Like you know, you need to be a normal kind of thing that we decided on. What do you mean by reckoning, like Tower of Babel, that kind of thing? I believe that this has been something that has been going on historically out of fear for a long time. So when I went to Europe with my mom, she was, you know, had this terminal illness. We were like, Mom, what do you want to do? She's like, I want to go to Europe. It's okay. So we went. And we were in Austria, and we were walking around town, and there was this huge cutout. And it said, uh, it, was a, it was of a giant. And it was like 15 feet, 18 feet tall. Hmm. And it said, at one time, historically... Giants were a part of, you know, normal everyday life in, you know, European trading towns. And I had already been obsessed with this. And I knew that that there was a museum in this town in Austria that had giant skeletons on review. And so the point I'm making here, Johnny, is like the narrative is that like everyone is supposed to look like whatever it is that they're supposed to look like us, you know, two legs, Two arms, no gills, definitely not a third eye, certainly not a cyclops with one eye. Everyone's supposed to look a certain way. I don't believe that's historically accurate. I think there are a lot of different looking creatures on this planet. And what and what accounts for the the, the sort of the winnowing of the species? What what kind of fear? Fear, okay. like just like like a particular group getting stronger and like winning out. Got it. Just like you see in all species in nature. Most of my theories come from like observing nature and being like, well, what happens in nature? Nature doesn't like the outlier. They don't like the weird. They don't like the malformed. So do you they suppose that's what or... these skulls and, and, and skeletons they keep finding and they're calling sort of, uh, you know, uh, what would you say, uh, pre-man species are actually uh, other co- co- like concurrent species like that we would have lived alongside, humans would have lived alongside? Is that what you think? Thanks to listening to Joe Rogan, I happen to know that, <laughs> that uh, there are more than 35 species of like human that are that are like like absolutely accepted by the modern whatever you want to call the modern institution of history. It's not considered controversial to accept like more than 35 human species. So you have like Homo florensis, which was a small man that lived in the Pacific region. And I happen to be from Hawaii. And the Hawaiians in their native history have stories about little people. And they're always considered to be like, you know, as the Christians came, they're like, yeah, those stories. I was brought up to believe these were myths. I was brought up there to believe these were myths. And now we have scientific evidence that, they, that there was a race of essentially dwarf people or, or whatever's you know, culturally appropriate to call them. Uh, very little people that were like, that was just another species of people cruising around. I listen. I totally agree with that, dude. I think people like Andre the Giant, Yao Ming, even Shaq, are like just a different form of human. They just have a little touch these of are giant genes. Tiny yeah. echoes of these genetic memories, you know. But if you look into history, they fuck, they mention it constantly. Interesting. And in the Bible, they're constantly oh, saying, everywhere. "Okay, you can't come here unless you have no uh, sharp teeth, no uh, hair." Uh, you know, they had all these requirements, and they're like, "Why do you have those requirements?" Well, there's people like that they come from different areas. I, I listen, man. This world is way more interesting than anybody wants to admit, and I, I sincerely believe that. And you have to unlock levels to see stuff, and if you don't unlock it, you'll never see it. 
right? I mean, it, it does seem like it, the internet, for all the good it's done, it has made it has eliminated some of the magic that used to be, out, you know, in the world, the 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 it's, magic it, of the unknown. You know what I mean? We have this sensation, I think wrongly, that we know everything now. All the information is at hand. And it's kind of uh, killed some of the magic of... Because it used to be, you know, you lived in, say, an English town a thousand years ago. Uh, you know, you believed in witches. You believed in elves. You believed in all these other uh, oh, yeah. supernatural beings, ghosts, probably. Uh, and now, I mean, no, no, you ask the average person. I mean, you're lucky if they believe in God. Oh, because we got to have a videotape of it. Yeah, and partly, but just science, it. science. Yeah, debunking. Yeah, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I do think that's interesting. Well, but also, everything is cataloged. The internet of things. We, but isn't we know that where good, everything though, is. Too? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it's partly good, but that's the trade-off: is that you lose some magic in the world. I guess well, I understand I, I get, what you're saying. I, I totally hear what you're saying, Johnny. I also think that. Uh, uh, there's a lot under debate. I mean, we still oh, no. experience yeah, I'm saying it's perhaps wrong, but yeah, that that is unexplained. I mean, a lot of our laws in physics, if you really examine them, or a lot of medical precedent, you they know, a lot know. of the stuff that they base huge foundational elements on, a lot of that are just theories and ideas, you know. Yeah. And it, it's true with our history, uh, in a sense that we're told the version. But we know that the elites keep a different version. And and if you actually start reading a lot of the history, it's very different than what's on the internet. Because if how many, you know, what's interesting about the Count of St. Germain, it made me read books. Again. Everything. Yeah. That's what I was about book. to say. Everything is interesting about this guy. Actual books, man. Because I, I was like, well, I can't just read internet articles because those, those can be changed. So I need to get into paper books because I want to know the ideas that people had about him a long time ago from their mouth you know um that is something that is interesting to me because like anything on the internet can be changed right well that is that is like 1984 right i mean yeah. like just and we've been talking a lot about that the rewriting of history and you know what that means and, and how it, it doesn't allow us to ever really truly understand how special we are. When you take, when you steal someone or a group of people's history, you take away all their mysticism and their ability to re learn from the past. And, and that's linked directly to spirituality, man. You, you say that all the time. Well, you, you know, know, I mean, it's like, it really is quantum leap. Like, or, or or should I say, is it really more like memento, right? Where like he had no memory of anything, so every moment he has to figure it out every single time. How exhausting is that? Now, if you have no... Well, it's not exhausting if you don't know you're doing it. He's resetting every time. I mean, I don't want to get like into a different topic, but culture right now, <laughs> the way they're talking about culture... Like, the what, what, what's pushed as culture is not people's history. And it's like, show me where that culture is 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 100 years ago. It doesn't exist. It's all brand new. It's not culture. It is manufactured philosophy. Right? I mean, like, none of this stuff that you see in television and movies existed, seems, a year, 100 years ago. And a lot of that's because people aren't allowed to know about their history. Mm. It's, it's constantly 
remixed on them so they don't know if they're coming or going. I think that's the nature of our experience. I mean, are you familiar with Plato's allegory of the cave? I, yes. I, yeah. I, I do understand it, but go into it. Okay, so it's it's simple. It's just it's just that there are people chained on the floor inside this cave. And this is supposed to be the cave of your mind, right? There's so many levels to this uh, metaphor. Um, the idea is their entire experience of reality is the shadows that fall on the wall that happen to come through the door of light behind them. You know, your eyes. Yeah. And, and they, their entire reality is just interpreting what these shadows are doing. And of course, because all they can see are shadows, their interpretation is super skewed. The whole allegory refers to the idea that that's how we are until we choose to illuminate ourselves. This is where the word illuminism comes from. By taking up the burden of the danger outside the cave and leaving the cave to find out what is, you know, actually going on by observation. I can, and you can, agree. people tell stories all day long about the nature of our reality, man. This is all I do is talk about people, talk about how to interpret what's happening around us. And moving up here, one of the most important components of this move was the fact that like, I just wanted to start observing nature again. Cause I grew up on a farm in Hawaii. I ended up in, you know, Hollywood. I mean, talk about the vortex and, uh, I, I want to go back to nature again. And I think that there are more answers there than anybody could write down in books, you know, just by understanding how systems have a tendency to work. Uh, and the illusion is what they use to control. Everything is. Oh, illusion. they take advantage of it immediately. And people become Stockholm syndrome, like that dude in game of Thrones that gets so tortured. <laughs> What's that poor bastard's name? And he's just like, Every time something happens to him, he, he just jumps into the ocean. He's like, I can't handle it. <laughs> well, you know, man, you know, it's very interesting. I was just thinking, you know, what's, uh, you know, what the illusion of the of the shadow in the cave, false flags. False flags create illusions of situations, which creates a reality that that emotionally manipulates people into believing a certain narrative, which isn't real. That's right. It's even in the Bible. There's this phrase that, uh, oh, where is it? Uh, for now we see through a glass darkly. A glass being either a mirror or a lens. But that's how that's our limited perspective on the world. Is this you know, reflect either reflected or through this lens that is muddied and dark. Uh, and and then someday the idea is that we will you know that'll be peeled away. I think your third eye probably is what that's referring to. Uh, and you'll, you'll Again. See, see nature of reality. What you, you know, you still, I think can, becoming a conspiracy theorist is the first step to enlightenment because you start going, what, what, what are they lying to me about? And then you go so deep. You're like, I mean, they're lying to us about our, our existence that gets you into the world of spirituality. And that's when you start to realize all of it is just bullshit. Someone said the other day, and I, and I saw them, I saw uh, this tweet, which if, if you think everything is a psyop, you're, 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 you're falling for a psyop, right? I mean, basically along the lines of that. And I, I have a little problem with that because there are psyops, some top of psyops. And they are, from every angle, trying to manipulate you so you don't know if it's coming or going. 
I see what they're saying, though. They're saying that they do enough psyops so that you even question your question, even genuine events, you know? But what is a genuine event? What do you, I mean, just something that actually happened. I mean, no to you, I, I think the truth of the matter is the only thing you know for sure is something you've experienced. Right? I mean, for well, sure. Well, uh, yeah, this I brings mean, up an amazing question. This brings up an amazing question. Trust. Are you supposed to take somebody with you on your journey out of the cave? Like, what kind of responsibility do you have to be like, today. come with me, wake up, please? I mean, I'm sure you guys wrestle with this constantly. Everybody who has become, I don't like conspiracy, I like inquisitive person. But, you know, if you become inquisitive, is it your job to be, to like, you can't bring a horse to water? We know what they say. Well, that brings us back to, to St. Germain. It's like his influence on moments is enough to maybe help steer a certain way. But he, it's almost like Star Trek Prime Directive. You can't get involved. <laughs> you can't change it. I think you'd only make suggestions, right? Maybe. Okay, so what about this perspective? What if this guy viewed himself as an actual historical white hat where he was going to be like, okay, I have this incredible permanent immortality perspective. Like, what if I want to do well and, and, and contribute positive stuff? Well, he might tell the king of <laughs> France that he was about to be overthrown in a rebe rebellion in an attempt to like prevent bloodshed and like historically that's what he tried to do he might you know contribute to the forming of this new democracy he might try to do all these things i like to imagine this guy is like you know some i mean like what what is it quantum leap again he, he's he's not necessarily going back in time but he's moving through time uh unstopped and with more information i mean he spoke like 10 languages and could play all these instruments i mean he's He's everything we all want to be, and, and that's way behind him. So, like, what's he going to do next? Maybe he was seeding humanity with ideas. Supposedly, he introduced the idea of the steam engine. What? Yeah, this it just doesn't stop with this fucking guy. <laughs> that's unbelievable. So he's there for the Declaration of Independence. He tries to stop the French Revolution. <laughs> yeah. My, but meanwhile, he's on the uh, the the roll, you know, like the the list of people who were present, you know, at the uh, Grand Lodge of Masons in France during that same period. And if you study your history deeply, you know that they influenced the revolution heavily. So he was working both sides. You see this in all the power families. You know, is there is there evidence that he had any family? Good question, Johnny. Um, the, the story from his own mouth and the generally most accepted version is that uh, Transylvania was a part uh, of an area, you know, it's Romania today partly, but it was part of the Austro-Hungarian uh, Austro Empire, which is now Austria and Hungary. Yes, all these, there's a lot all these of borders have changed. Right. Yeah. I mean, World War One comes up here and weird stuff. And like, it's all all the way to like relatively modern history back to Vlad the Impaler. This region has been weird and creepy. Right. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Bathory. You know, we everyone knows all that stuff. So. When the Rakosi Empire was ending, that was their last name of the prince that. Um, uh, controlled the last part of Transylvania which was then called something else with a B, and I can't think of the name right now. If anybody's jumping on computers, let me know. But it didn't. Well, they didn't call it Transylvania at the time. It was called, like, Bolognese or something like that. I can't remember the name. 
Uh, you'll find it if you if you look it up. But the last prince fought really hard. This was supposedly the count's dad. And the count had a brother and a sister, according to the historical narrative. And those were the legitimate children of this last prince. And, and so they so he's not legitimate. Titles. Well, supposedly he was born of, of, of maybe not. I don't I don't know why his birth wasn't legitimized. But his his brother and his sister were both officially given titles. So he took on the title of, well, if you're going to be St. Teresa and you're going to be St. I can't remember what his brother's name was. Then I'm going to be St. Brother, brother to humanity. And that's what St. Germain means. It means you know, Germain comes from Hermano or Herman, which, you know, like the Latin version. Uh, but in Spanish, it's Hermano. It's, it's, it's brother. It's the same thing. you know. So he's St. Brother, brother to the people, because he was kind of like, if, if, if he just intersected with this family somehow, he was still kind of like trolling them, being like, okay, you can be St. <laughs> Teresa. I want to be St. Brother. <laughs> it's, so it's almost crazy. as if he's playing a kind of like a very long joke on humanity while trying to seed it in a positive way. And what's fascinating about that dude in 1973, he shows up, he starts dating the number one singer of all time in France. I mean, this is to date. You know, she invented the Diamond album in France. Like, it never existed before her. It's like the Elvis of France, but she's a female. This count dude shows up, starts dating her, and, and uh, he even puts out a single with, with this girl. Can we? Yeah, I'm not making have you up. listened to it? I, it's, uh, it's 70s music, man. So it's very, and they're singing in Italian or French, excuse me. And so it's like, I get it, but it's not, I, I mean, it's not like Barry Manilow. I wouldn't put it on, you know, like with Tony Bennett. Uh, it's different. It's their style from the seventies, man. But it's it's so interesting. What the fuck was this guy up to? And then he disappeared. And you know he's out there somewhere, dude. Well, you know what happened, right? He was Whoa. sitting at home wa watching TV <laughs> one night, watching the news, and then there was a story about this hot young singer came on. And he's like, "The count's gonna have to step out again." Yeah, bro. yeah. hit the yeah. town. It's, that is, yeah. is all the history says that. That he was this ladies' man, and they downplay it in all the books. They downplay it in all the history. The, do you want to know the number one indicator that he was? Casanova, uh, <laughs> uh, Jacques Casanova, who's like this famous aristocrat in, 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 in Italy, uh, was like mad at him because he was like jealous. He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, whatever. He's probably a fraud, but the ladies love this guy." You know, I can't, I can't. <laughs> you know what's so interesting? I mean, imagine how good your game would get. If you never oh, really yeah. aged, yeah, you know all the lines that work. You know, I mean, like, dude, every it, language. So you're this guy looks. How old would you say nineteen three looks? I'd say he looks thirty five. So you know, the age they always gave was forty five. Forty five, but, but he good looked exceptionally well for forty five. He always looked really good for forty five. So if you're a sophisticated forty five. You can pull a hot crush. 23, no. Are you looking at this image of these two guys side by side? Is that what you're seeing? Today? Yes. Okay, I'm going to show that. Right? This this right here? <laughs> that guy. Yeah, okay. right there. That <laughs> Kind you, of a, a good-looking William Dafoe, would you say? Like, yeah, yeah. William, William Dafoe, William Dafoe and, yeah. and Clint Eastwood had a baby, him right? With, uh, Johnny, if you want to type in her name, the woman he started dating, her name was Dahlia, D-A-L-I-A. -A. So type in Richard Chanfrey and Dahlia. Watch this shit. And you're going to see pictures of them singing their single. They're going to be advertising here. What? 
Like he started dating her. I love and that Richard Bell. Single with her. Yeah, like he's, not, he's in France. I'm not just gonna date he, somebody. And he's a 9/11 truther. <laughs> Richard, you said Richard. Richard C H A M F R E. Is that what you said? A A Y. Shanfrey. That's not what I have here. Okay. That could be wrong. Oh no, I was just guessing how to spell it. Okay. Uh, I got it here. Okay. Thanks for doing this. Uh, let me see. Dalida, is that it? Uh, oh yeah, there it is, Johnny. There it is. Dalida. She's a redhead. Oh yeah. But that looks like the same. That is that oh wow. That's it's like all the similarities are weird. And it's like, yeah, this guy was driving around a Corvette in seventy three with this chick, and he's like, Yeah, I give her aging powder to make her young. And I could I mean none of it it seems so wicked. And then this is the guy that showed up and did the metal thing. Do you want the song? Do you want to hear the song? Yeah, I do want to hear this guy sing. Oh my god. Uh, this is all time info right here. <laughs> Could the video be worse? <laughs> In the early days of YouTube, they used to ask, what was the shot on a potato? <laughs> so, he does it like Barry Manilow a little bit, you're right. This guy showed up out of nowhere. That's so interesting. Okay. It's unbelievable. That's for sure enough of that. So now Just imagine someone showing up and being like, yo, I'm not only dating the super, like the most famous musician to ever come out of France, I'm also just going to happen to pop in and do a single. Johnny, go put in Count St. Germain. So now I think they're trying to say this dude might be the next one. Go on. There are so many. What am I typing? There's so many, Sam. Just count St. Germain and look at the bald gets... guy with the goatee. Images? That's what you're looking at? Yeah. Okay. He uh... does look like that Hold guy's on. face. Let me uh, bring it over to you. So you I mean, like. I'm not seeing it. They all have a kind of weird similarity when you pull Go them up. Right Weishaupt. Right Washington. Pierre? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who's that guy? I don't know. They're trying to say it's that dude. I don't know. But Him? Maybe. Oh, just, th there's well, a, there's an the effort Isn't in the finding... bottom line. He's not supposed to age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's aged <laughs> for sure. Maybe he ages incredibly slowly. Maybe that's yeah. I mean, it's because he had to reach look. 45, right? How do you get to Can 45? Can I tell you a crazy story? By his own mouth, you're exactly right, Johnny. He aged exact uh, super slow. And there's a, a first person story in one of these histories of Europe where he says, I can't remember who it was, Madame Pompadour, who was like. King Louis the 14th or 15th uh, mistress, one of them. He said, like, as a first person thing, like, okay, I'm about to leave. You're not going to see me again in 80 years because I'm going to go rest in Nepal. And this leads into something completely different about this mythical place in Nepal he used to talk about hmm. called Shambhala, where, like, he went to rest. Oh, interesting. So what is your, is your thought possibly that, okay... He actually may be a normal person, but he's found the fountain of youth that he can go kind of renew, top up, and then go live a little life. And he then never had a meal in front of another person on record that we know of. We do know that he drank a special tea, the ingredients of which are secret. <laughs> yeah, so I, I found Ranker.com, and it ranks all the different uh, things oh, no. about, that about this, and... Yeah, I mean, some of it's kind of crazy. They never see him eating anywhere, right? Uh, he used to joke that he was over 100 years old. He's like, yeah, dude. I'm he like, used to joke about being around at the time of Christ, supposedly. Yeah. 
He arrived in New Orleans and charmed everybody. He, he supposedly died in, 19, in 1784, but then he's still seen all over the place. Yeah, the last person who... Um, okay, let's see. Prince Karl von Hessen, okay, who's like this really big uh, noble in Germany. In fact, there's a region of Germany named Hess, you know, after this these people's family. Okay, he has like... A friendship. All these people have a friendship with this guy. That's why he's undeniable. He's like, yeah, but, you know, the, the supreme leader of this region of Germany was this guy's best friend, you know? So that was in 1779. Supposedly, he has a death in 1784, but this woman, uh, the Countess de Almondia, uh, has, like, many, many mentions in all of her public correspondence until 1820. And then... Antoine Mesmer, the guy who invented mesmerism, uh, yeah. which would later become modern hypnosis, yeah. talks at length about being friends with him in the early 1800s. I mean, like, is he just seeding ideas in that he's that he's learned? Like, yeah, you know what else I figured out? Y'all should all be trying this. <laughs> that's fascinating. That is crazy, right? I mean, that's some. But let's crazy come all the way up to modern history, real quick. Okay, let's just do a quick. Time all right, okay, so we're like 1902, we have Jacques de Saint Germain. That was the, uh, that was the crazy vampire dude in New Orleans. So that's yeah. 1902. So we yeah. go from Antoine Mesmer, early 1800s to 1902. In 1914, there's a mysterious interaction that happens during World War One with German soldiers. And they capture this French nobleman, 1914, in the town of uh, Alsace-Lorraine during the war and uh, interrogate this person. And they refuse to give their name, but they start giving details about the future happenings in the war. This is pretty well documented. You can look it up. Um, but he kind of does a little bit of like future predicting, like this war is going to end for these reasons. And then your country is going to, you know, Germany's going to lose, but then your country is going to experience a resurgence. And he kind of predicts Hitler in this weird, what? <laughs> this weird interaction. Yeah. He's like, he's going to wear an old symbol. He's going to rise to power doing hideous things. And, uh, and then he disappears. Let's see what's next. Oh, you're going to love this one, Sam. Uh, there was a mysterious individual named Marcus S. Garman who showed up at the Bohemian Grove, okay, the very same year. What, what, what? That during the ceremonies, during the ceremonies, oh. they talked about the Manhattan Project. That was in 1945. And this guy was present for the talks. No one knows who he was. He's on the, like, the register of people and invited guests. Nobody knows who he is, and there's no history about him. And he's just hanging out. He's there hanging, and everybody's like, "Yeah, he's supposed to be here," and he's on the. His name's on there, but no one. There's no history of this guy. But what is pretty his much name? everybody else is a famous dignitary. You know, what's his name? Uh, in that instance, it was uh, Marcus S. Garman, and this was the Bohemian Grove of 1945. Oh my God! And then we—that's 45, and then we shoot forward to Richard Chamfrey, you know, in France in 73. But like. Is it outside the realm of possibility that there are people there are, there are you know organisms that look like us but just have longer lifespans? They're not giants, they're not dwarfs, they're not oh, hairy. Can we can I say something funny? Somebody's like <laughs> Of course, bro. Kevin Pollock is the count. <laughs> <laughs> he does uh 
<laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Would you choose to be bald though if you were the count? I mean. <laughs> oh my! Because that's got to be a choice, right? You found the fountain of youth, but you can't cure her hair loss. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, and then we have this narrative within you know the cultural lore of our society about vampires. Like, where does that fit in? Why? How that show up? Why did it mushroom? Because I do believe there's people that walk amongst us that have been around forever. I believe that. Or at least all, radically different. I believe all that, dude. I believe all that, man. And I I mean, I would love to know if this guy's around and if he wants to be on the podcast. Oh, open door. Open door. Podcast, Come out. Open door, St. Germain, not the comic, who opened door to him, too. <laughs> I want to find out if Dan St. Germain is one of the Germains. Any any soccer players from Paris St. Germain, we'll have them on as well. Yeah, come on, dude. I know you're getting shady. Yeah, I mean, click here to see, dude. I mean, it was like this guy was in Paris, this bald dude. They're trying to say it might be him. It's so fascinating how people latch onto the story, though, and try to leverage it in their direction. Like, for all we know, that dude in the 70s, who knows what. But it's, I mean... I've watched some of the television programs where he makes gold. It's pretty convincing. And you're like, is that something we can pull up? Is that can we yeah, see that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What, what are we? Oh, yeah. What, what, what are my search Richard, Richard Chamfrey documentary. Um, and we'll have to just fast forward a little bit, but it's in French in their subtitles. But it still shows him making gold. That's unbelievable. Okay. I mean, like, what would you do if you were like? You didn't have like a magical brain. You just knew you could learn a lot of things because you had a lot of time. But you're still stuck with like essentially the same faculties as we have. So you still have to work at it. You still have to put effort in and like try to do things. But like, and you'll fuck up occasionally. You'll really blow it. You'll be like, ah, I fucked up. I got to leave this country for a while. Come back as another person. But I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to contribute here. What I mean, that's is that outside the realm of possibility? Oh my, so he's doing this. I'll put it up. So is that the guy that was the singer? Yeah, yeah, it's Richard. It's the same dude! I put it on the flame. Now you have to completely Listen stop the flame. Listen to how he talks, too. He's... You're going to put it above the water. Above only. Oh, yeah, sorry for the people listening. No, it's fine. Johnny, tell him what he's doing. Um, your bobblehead is... Here, let oh, me help you, Johnny. So, so this guy has essentially put some metal in a crucible, which is a, you know, a very high temperature, basically thimble, and you heat oh, yeah, it up yeah. crazy on his giant torch, and he just put it underwater, and he just picked it out, and he's pulling the lead out now. He's holding it up. A quarter of the metal is lost, he says. That's all. And he goes, that's it right there. He set that quarter down, and this is the piece of gold. And so the and, and the subtitles say now we had it analyzed and it's the exact same size as the piece that we gave him of lead, and he, there's no way he could have known the diameter of that piece. Yeah, here's what he's saying. We had this metal, this yellow metal appraised. That really, they're at like some crazy appraisal shop. It had the exact diameter of of the original. Diameter that we uh, we were the only ones to know. <laughs> the wire supported the phenomenon of copulation with success. Whatever that means. So so it's gold. It's gold. He said. Interesting. Wow. He did this multiple look times. At, look at him walking around. Like, I know you have no idea. He he he's like I'm a count, bro. 
He does look like Barry Manilow, though. He's got a very Manilow vibe. <laughs> if you were ageless, you no, would not know the social the... customs, nor would you care. You'd be like, okay, like, I don't know how you want me to walk around, but I'm going to be oh, that was royal. Great. Johnny, stop that. Look right there. Okay, so right here, this is incongruent that they show right there. This, this dude starts eating, drinking, and smoking cigars. Look at this guy. Oh, interesting. But he doesn't look yeah. happy about it, though. He doesn't look happy. Look at this guy's face. Yeah, that he's guy's like, yeah face. I'm doing it. I look normal. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I really don't see it with that guy, that bald guy. <laughs> I don't know about the bald guy, but this I guy is fascinating it. because even if this was a scam, he still went on many shows, dated the most famous singer in all of French history, and put a single out with her. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> his facial hair is so different that it's hard for me to see. Could be. Let's put him side by side. He just showed up rich. And they're like, yo, how rich are you? And he's like, I'm going to date the number one singer forever. It's <laughs> unbelievable, dude. And he's like, dude, Watch him, dude. though, when he starts to drink, man. He drinks really weird the way he's drinking this. It's like he doesn't like it. Like, I'm a yeah. vampire. I don't need this shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is going to make me vomit later. Yeah, I said, oh, yeah, let's watch, watch. He did the tiniest taste. It touches his tongue. He's like, human food. I eat you. Look, he's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. There's no blood in this. Yeah. There's no blood it's in so this. so fascinating, though, man. I mean, like, it would tie up a lot of narratives that we can't explain, you know? I mean, dude. And, and just he, look at the scene of him sitting with... Let me see if I can catch this right. Yeah, look at this. Just him kind of holding court of around the table. He's holding court around this dressed, fancy table. And he's doing the cloak. classic... Yeah, yeah, he's got a cloak I'm on. trying to pull ass <laughs> move, which is... Coat over shoulders, but hands not in, arms not in the sleeve. Check him out here. I dude. think it's an actual cloak, bro. Oh, this is amazing. Hold on, Johnny. Watch this. He has this cane, which is also a rocket gun. He's got that pirate shirt from Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, no, Seinfeld. he looks he's dressed like Austin Powers. Yeah. Watch this cane. He goes, he goes. I had this cane thousands of years ago, or hundreds of years ago, whatever. I haven't seen it in a while. He goes, it's actually a gun. Watch him. If you have sound, turn that shit on. Yeah, but he's speaking. Oh, no. He's speaking French, man. It doesn't matter. I'm just worried about copyright. Oh, wow. <laughs> this, you have to watch this documentary. It's called uh, Counts of Saint Germain. 1972 documentary. It's only 23 minutes. Yeah, quite if this sure. guy was a fake, and I'm not promoting this, I don't give a shit about this video, but if this guy was a fake, he's at least someone admirable for being awesome. Oh, he's got this chops. A cool guy. Yeah, he's got chops as a fake. Oh, <laughs> dude, game recognizes gang. Gun recognizes gun. Right. You know, he probably bet half these chicks. <laughs> he brings a chick on earlier in just a minute. And the earlier in the show, he brings a chick on. He's like, yeah, this is one of the queens of England. I just give her uh, powder to keep her young. <laughs> is, is that serious? Oh, that's so funny. That's what he's saying. <laughs> what do you mean by powder? Watch when he gets in his vet, bro. He cruises around in a vet in Europe. Like, that's nasty. You know, the like, that's happening. He's dressed like Austin Powers. It, you can't write this shit. Is that postcard? He just hands it to some people. Go get yourself something nice. That's her. That's oh, her. That's her. That's Okay, so supposedly he has an art gallery where he has antiques, of course, because it fits the narrative perfectly. But he's never there. He claims he mystified his parents' legal by usurping the 
On his civil status, he is 30 years old. How old was he when you met? I can't really tell you when he was born. I don't know. But I know him exactly as he is now. That's when he met. He's never changed. Same physique. So the question says he's known him for 30 years. When did you meet him? When you were seven? I know. How old is that possibly? Sam's poking holes. I love it. It's true. How old is that guy? How old are you when you met him? I mean, even if it's a scam, dude, this dude, like, you gotta appreciate game. He went on five different shows. Well, he's obviously not averse to media. If you, yeah, come Look on the show. Car. There's his vet. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Dude, if you're around, bring the vet. <laughs> bring the French queen. Coming out. <laughs> We will we'll show you a good time, brother. Bro, so like honestly, think about it though. If you were immortal, that's exactly how it would end. Right there. Yeah. You you driving <laughs> off in a steel blue Corvette stingray. In Europe. Uh, wearing a cape. With a shotgun fucking cane. <laughs> he he says, How do you see death? He goes, I don't see her. I don't know her. <laughs> I don't know what she she's all about, man. It's kind of crazy. That's so interesting. Oh, my All God. All right. Well, man, what a crazy ass. I mean, dude, this is wonderful, man. Thank you. I told you this was to be very gonzo, man. It's This guy's gonzo. Life is gonzo. Embrace the weird. Uh, you know, keep it alive because well, that's I what's happening around us. It's like not this, this homogenized black and white nonsense they want us to believe. What's your instinct history? on this guy, though? Because, I mean, the. What's your spider uh, sense? Dracula, you? Dracula has a. Uh, you know, a, a very negative connotation, but it seems like he's maybe been a sort of a, a, a beneficent force in the history of man. Possibly, is that is that fair I mean, to say? Like, isn't it? I mean, if you're helping all of humanity, Johnny, right. don't you get know, to eat a something. few kids? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, no. What's the chances <laughs> of Nicolas Cage being this guy? I mean, there's very some high. stories about Nicolas Cage being a time traveler. I've heard these. I mean, We've he never done ages. episodes Pull on it. Up of him now. Do we have old Nicolas yeah, Cage? That Does photo exist? of him, yeah, is from from hundreds of years ago. It's amazing, or you know, the dawn of photography. Anyway, hundred. I mean, we have chunky Val Kilmer. Ago. We know it's not him, but like Nicolas Cage never changes. Nicolas Cage never changes. Ever. And we know that he paid some exorbitant amounts of money when he was going broke to buy a pyramid crypt in New Orleans. Here's this guy, right? Oh, really? New future. Orleans. Yes. Yeah. That's yep. the perfect Shows city for these borderline f figures, these marginal. Crazy people. I like well, it. There is the, have you been down there, man? That place is a vortex for energy like I've never felt. I like it, though. It's uh, this There's is, something about New look Orleans. Look at this image. That's I mean, so great. I mean, exactly. come on, dude. So exactly. Obviously, he had some work done and worked on that air flap he's got outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a runaway tire or something. <laughs> Do you think he got that mustache just to match up so people could make these pictures? <laughs> it might not even. It might be just completely photoshopped on there. He never had a mustache like that. That's <laughs> we don't even know dude. what's real. Who knows what's real? Well, we do see a young picture of him there. He looks like Ross from Friends. Huh? Yeah, he does. He looks sad. He's like, I've been around so long. 
<laughs> Keanu, I heard Keanu is also the timeless man. I mean, do we have any pictures of Keanu when he's super young? I don't know. Maybe they know how to go backwards, these guys, just to mix it up enough so people are like, what the fuck? You know, well, that's a great point, though. Like, if you were, like, just let's go down this, you know, thought experiment a little farther. What if this person had an unusually long timeline? Would they end up a celebrity? Probably. What else is there to do that'd be yeah. interesting? I agree, dude. It's very, very. But you don't want people asking too many questions, right? Yeah, you got. So stick you keep your head down, like Leonardo DiCaprio, and you date all the most attractive women in Hollywood. <laughs> so you think he might be a time traveler? I don't, I don't know what he is, but he's different than most people. He's debonair, and he's somehow that's the same genes as George Clooney, some kind. John Mayer's dad is like ninety something years old. So it could be another candidate for the crown there. Okay. Is the gold pearl he has in his hands passing across his wrists? What are you? What are you? What are you reading? I'm reading about this. Sam's just over here reading in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> the internet just like going down holes. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to find out this dude is like what dude? Guy. Saint Germain. Yeah, yeah this you is don't the first think time live research has been conducted on tinfoil hat. Follow oh, no, us as we go down the rabbit hole i know people are like dude focus dude this is focused okay <laughs> this is, but listen take a break from the, from that road yeah, it's 11 o'clock at night give us a break here. yeah, yeah we're, oh, we're focused we're trying we're doing a show for you guys because we love you maverick thank you so much for coming on this stepping up this is a great episode you crush johnny crush i crush we all crushed it was a crush fest <laughs> I had a great time. Maverick, one more time. Tell them where they can find you. From the darkness. Talk to us. That's right. God, so fucking bad lighting, guys. I'm it's out on, fine. off the grid. MaverickMatthews.com. MaverickMatthews.com. We will include that in the links. What is the name of your podcast? One more time. It's it's uh, it's on iTunes. It's called Pepper for Your Steak. It is extremely avant-garde. I love that. And uh, not to open up a can of worms, but... Uh, it is it's mostly a little bit of talking, but the, the, the gem in there, the core component that I'm super proud of is a kind of electronic music that is designed to put you in the flow state while you're exercising. I love I'm, that, I'm like, oh. dude. Huh. Okay, yeah. I'm all about wow. that. I'm all about that. Check so it experiment Thank with you. it. It's positive. Thank you. Know, you. It's free. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. You, yeah, you make the music, then. I've been into electronic music for 20 years, and okay. I've waited for it to kind of pop off in America, and it never did the way it did in Europe. What do you so use, like a synth or something? Kind of just, what do you have, a synthesizer? Oh, man, I have... Uh, it's, it's all... Okay, so you have to... Here, okay, so here's a primer on electronic music. Okay. Go listen to the St. Germain uh, violin concertos that he wrote, okay. right? Okay. And so each one of those sounds is just a vibration from an instrument. Well, yeah. a computer can synthesize all those sounds. Mm. So... Just think of it as like modern classical music where you're, you're, you have subtle changes in the way the music is coming at you, just like classical music, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? It takes kind of an educated ear, or at least listening to it for a while, to notice the subtle changes. And then you'll notice that, that those vibrational changes, historically, people think that they can do different things to your mind. It's crazy, you know? right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy. Everything anyway, is uh, that, energy so. and frequencies, dude. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is a great episode. This will, this dropped, and then we have our Q&A that we did, a very special episode. That will drop ASAP as well. I uh, hope to see you guys in Dallas. Two shows. 
one show on Saturday in OKC. Go to samtriplee.com for all the tickets. We love you very much, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.